No, that's because your childhood was in the 90s. Yeah, that's why it was better. <laughs> if my childhood hadn't been in the 90s, it wouldn't have been a good decade. But it was, so I know that it is a good decade. Mm. Star Wars toys are real good and cheap. Lego was really nice. What was really nice? Lego. Oh, Lego was good in the 90s. I mean, like, toys and, like, cartoons and stuff. Cartoons were great. Um, It was a lot sunnier, but not too hot, but not too cold. I just remember it being the perfect temperature for a lot of the time. Um, TV shows were better. Uh, TV shows were a lot more, less racist and more progressive, like X-Files and stuff. That's you weird know, to think that TV was like... It's like, like how we're talking about X-Files is like a more progressive show than any like really like woke-baiting kind of yeah, TV show Yeah, because it's now. like actually connecting with people and, and like listening to and those And it's because it's not... It's because it was written in a time where that wasn't as common practice and so it more genuinely reflects the belief of the writers than now where it's it just pays to be woke and... None of these people who actually believe anything. Well, I think right. I think the results of like since you know the two thousands and stuff, it's not as if like people changed. It's 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 the labor changed. You know, like the, the <laughs> it Drew, wasn't the people that changed. It was, it was the their rela- it was their relationship to work because during the nineties, it was still a time when people had a lot more creative freedom that they don't now because there's this this level of like bullshit. You yeah. know, there's this level of like. We got Alex Jones out of the 90s. Just like a creative... A really bright creative spot. Yeah, there was there was more freedom to be sort of independent in your way of thinking in media. You know, there wasn't this sort of like... It wasn't the same like drives of marketing incentive campaigns and social media like trying to, you know, win the work points. Which I think, you know, has its benefits. But As like, we all agree, social justice warriors have destroyed society. Actually, no, I, I kind of get the feeling that they have. I mean, I, I genuinely do, I do think, not that social justice warriors have ruined society by degenerating it or anything, just that, like, liberal identity politics has really been weaponized to yeah. maintain uh, maintain a status quo and a yeah. hegemony, and it's also a lot of. I mean, like, I, I, for everyone listening, to be clear, I am white, I am trans, I am chronically ill, I am neurodivergent, I have ADHD, and I have dissociative identity disorder and plural. That's right, we're whippos. So. Yeah, so like to be clear here, like when I'm talking about my critiques of identity politics, this is coming from like my personal experiences with it within the plural chronic illness community, so on and so forth. And I find and that... put me down for one of all of those as well. Yeah, yeah, I find that it's the liberals who use their position of victimhood in order to say you can't be radical. You know that's transphobic that's you know like because otherwise you're gonna get cis people to hate me more and that's how you end up with people that are like you know non-binary exclusionary or like just in in queerness like all that exclusionism that goes on in general like you know there's this like 
level of sucking up and bootlicking that comes from liberal identity politics that was so much about like maintaining some level of like I don't know, just peaceful bullshit compliance. Compliance, yeah. Just react but, and be indignant and upset by yeah. things, but don't try and change them because that's a bit much and it's causing a bit of a scene. Yeah, like look at all the people. I mean, the US's current like uprisings is a really good example to talk about. Hashtag but... Black Lives Matter, just so to make it clear that we support it. <laughs> just to make it clear that we're the good white allies. Yeah. And that, yeah, so all we're going to do is say hashtag Black Lives Matter and then go, oh, that's enough like anti-racism activism if for the I day. If I have time in Photoshop, mm. I'll make like a black square for, oh, yeah. the, for the cover art. Oh, good, but good, it, good. But it could do a bit of, it, It's a lot of work to make a black square. That's why it's such a radical act. Mm. Because mm. it... You have to go in and select the paint bucket, yeah. press it, save it. It's it's a lot of work and get the dimensions right. So, like, that's why it's important activism posts a square. And the square, the black square that you've seen on Instagram and so on, that represents anti-racism. And the more you post the square, the less racist you become. And it must... Uh, people are posting it, so it must have some magical the, transitive well, property. Here's the thing about so the black I'm assuming square. that with the black square, what it does is that it makes you less racist if you look at it through magic. The black square has a really long and interesting history, and it first appeared in white society in 1915 in Russia by a painting from Kazimir Malevich, who painted an entire canvas in pure black... And the Soviets thought it was disgusting and put it in, put it away so no one could see it. And they discovered it 30 years later and they said, wow, this is art. It's a black canvas. This is incredible. It's well, so deep. At, at it has the, so much meaning. At the time in, in Soviet Russia, um, you could only get black or red paint. And so it was, it was you know, it was, it was, just it was a, a tough time. There was time. only black and red paints. You know, you had um, to wait in the paint line and you get a choice. <laughs> Black or this red. This was before the revolution. And it's 1915. And if you pick the wrong one, yeah, exactly. The Tsarist troops will beat you up. <laughs> it was during the Tsarist region. If you, if you pick the black, the yeah. black paint, which represents anarchy. Yeah. And that's how things were back in Russia. Yeah, so really it is a radical act because what you're essentially saying is I'm making a deep and meaningful post and that this is something you have to look into further than surface level and that it's art. Um, I can't tell if you're being sarcastic. I can't tell you though. <laughs> <laughs> I've lost the ability. I, I'm to not tell. sure. We... Look it up though. The black square is actually an interesting painting, and I think it is so much more interesting as a painting than it is as a fucking like liberal online. It's thing. um, the black square posting the black square in that hashtag Black Lives Matter mm. channel. It's like a real evolution and a downgrade from. Yeah, I don't know if you're on this, but early Twitter. Mm. You'd always have to do this thing where it's like, it's anti-biphobia week, everybody. you got to put a purple filter over your profile picture on Facebook and Twitter mm-hmm. to show you're pro-bi people. And we did that, and then every three weeks there'd be a different thing. And you have to remember to keep changing your profile with a different little graphic to show your allegiance. And for a while, after like that went away, and then after Hillary lost and ate shit and just got her ass totally eaten by Trump. She, everyone was changing their... She got her ass eaten by Trump? Yeah, it's unexpected turn of events. But, I mean, um, is that like, but like saying that someone got their ass eaten, does that mean that they lost or won? 
It depends if you like it or not. <laughs> like, and like, if that's you like not, topping her That doesn't mean that she got owned. That means that she got her ass eaten now. Okay, like, she got her <laughs> ass licked by Trump. And um, everyone started changing their profile picture to the Rebel Alliance symbol. And oh, then, no. You remember that? Oh, no. And they have, like, a rainbow flag in it or whatever. Ironically, and then, ironically, the rebels are based on the Viet Cong, who the Democrats vehemently yeah. also, <laughs> also, like, the pro-Hillary stan people. There's two which really drove me insane. Mm. One of them had a picture of General Leia, because, again, like, you know, the women's... They could only be princesses, you know, in the 70s, that was before women's liberation. Now they can be generals and do war crimes, which is a real step up. And so they had general layers. Yeah, photo. and they can kill black people in the police. Yeah, yeah and yeah. um, and the other person was... More they, women drone operators. And the other person. So you had a Hillary Clinton mm-hmm. fan mm-hmm. pretending to be general layer. Mm-hmm. And then you had, like, a little Democratic bootlicker mm. pretending to be Wedge Antilles. And they just mm-hmm. RP back and forth. But all the things they had RP about is how, like, Black Lives Matter Wait, is, is a hate movement. Is this a Twitter thing, or yeah, is this a, a Star thing. Wars Twitter thing? It's... I don't know... I don't know if they were in Star Wars Twitter. There's a lot of shitlibs in Star Wars Twitter. Pretty much entirely shitlibs. There's only, like, three decent Star You're Wars You're, like, fans one of the only communists on Star Wars Twitter. Yeah. Exactly. It was, like, four of us. Um, and... And you're all mutuals. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, and we all live in different countries, so it's not much of a coalition. It's not very effective. Yeah. But... It's an informal association. But yeah, there's these people. I'm not sure... They seem to have glommed onto Star Wars and the Democratic Party establishment as what their entire identity was around, so much so that they spent all their time role-playing it on Twitter. Yeah. And it when, accomplished nothing. And when, like, Black Lives Matter became a big thing, they would just constantly post about how, like, these protests are, like, sedition, and it's, like, a thug movement and stuff. And, oh, yes, a thug movement. <laughs> like, they're just completely, like, uh-huh. just, like, the, the biggest fucking bootleggers. And it me insane, because it's, like, you literally... The Be- whole franchise are, you're yeah. obsessed with, all of these people are trying to destroy the government, which is literally based on the American... Empire. Yeah. yeah it's <laughs> literally called the Empire because it's based on the American Empire. It's, it's, like, it's a very, or... like, George Lucas is very honest about, like... He, he's not subtle. He doesn't know how to be subtle. In the interviews... He's too neurodiverse to be subtle. Yeah, there's a quote, <laughs> there's a quote from the 70s where someone asks him, well, who is Emperor? Who is the Emperor? Like, I think it's um, Kasdan asks him, and he says... Yeah. The Emperor is Richard Nixon. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's that simple. Like, it's very... Like, the politics yeah. are very cut and dry, but these, like, total, like, pudding brains just seem how... Somehow manage to, like, turn... They all do it. They do it with, like, whatever. It is Divergence, Harry Potter. I mean... I mean, Harry Potter, it's very... The resistance is just support the cops. I gotta say, though, like, liberals have been doing this since liberalism began. They've always... Liberals and social democrats have been co-opting revolutionary aesthetics. It's like some... It's like like some horrible black goo, which, like, this ooze, which, no matter what media you make, this... Mm. Mm. absorbs into it and warps it and creates and uses it to further its own ideology. It's really yeah. like I don't know what Realism could, is a disease. I don't know what art you could actually make that these people wouldn't yeah. somehow use to yeah. support their beliefs. To be to be clear, I would rather have fibromyalgia, which I do, than be a liberal. <laughs> um I I think being a liberal would have been worse for my quality of life. I um, I still haven't worked that one out because I think about 
when I was like a shit lib mm. before I transitioned and stuff. Yeah, and it's yeah. like I could have grifted myself into some easy living. Yeah, but you also would have like lived your entire life not feeling as if you've really done. Oh, I would never. Society. I would never feel alive as a person. Yeah, you would just feel hollow inside, and you exist only to consume. But, you know, and only but, to be a part of like this capitalist consumerist culture. Yeah, and I, I sort of know whether that yeah. would be a bad. And thing you would have or not. turned out like someone like Chuck Wendig, who just like okay, that is <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> you know, that's what happens. Um, yeah, I'd just like to take some time out of this podcast to say, fuck Pride Month. I am sick of Pride Month. Like, okay, the US just took away trans people's rights, like, completely, so now... So did the UK. And the UK just did the same thing, and anyone doesn't Poland. know. And Poland has become, yeah, like, all anti-LGBT. Here in Australia, we always had a, the quote-unquote religious discrimination bill, which would have given anyone uh, the right to discriminate other people... Based, as, on, their based on their religion. Yeah, you you see, know, it's then, a religious freedom bill so that people have freedom of expression and free speech based on... The, which basically meant that anyone could say that, like, well, I don't like gay people because my religion told me so, even if they don't genuinely believe that, even if they're not a religious person, as long as they can hold it up in court, um, you know, they would have been and free. And it was totally... It was made purely with the intention of allowing people to be bigoted towards minorities like yeah had it wasn't about like religious freedom for sikhs or hindus or no no it <laughs> any was re- other religious, it was religious freedom for white people to be racist and queerphobic they yeah. even they even like advertised it and targeted it towards uh they did a lot of talks with the jewish community as well as the evangelical and anglican community the catholic community any religion which has a mainly white population in Australia, is, like, who it was made for. To give them the freedom to oppress other people, which was one of the big things, is that it would have meant that Christians could have fucking, like... The here, the evangelical right could have just discriminated against Muslims and queer people all they wanted and gotten away with it. Thankfully, that didn't pass, but it could have passed. It was, like, one or two votes, I think, in the Senate that uh, stopped it from happening. And basically, fuck Pride Month. Fuck, like, going out there on the street to have a parade and stuff. Like, I'm all for that. I'm all for that, like, openly being queer and, like... But it should be a fight for our rights. Just because we got marriage equality, it doesn't we're mean we've, we're done. We're queer. We're posting Hufflepuff memes. Yeah. And you know what fucks me about the marriage equality thing? If you're disabled, you don't have marriage equality. You know, you can't get married if you're on the disability pension here, or you're going to lose the disability pension. That's the same in the US, it's the same in the UK, you know. Uh, there's no such thing as actual marriage equality, but, like, queers, they sort of, as soon as the, the this liberal veneer of, like, the, the yes or no vote happened here, and then, like, you know, it was finished and it came through, it pacified everyone. Meanwhile, trans people still can't get healthcare. Uh, trans guys have a... Um, and trans mass people have a big lack of testosterone in Australia, I think. Yeah. It's, like, really hard to acquire... Um, you know, like, I've been told to detransition by doctors all the fucking time, saying that my HRT is making me crazy and stuff. You know, it's really common, there's not what really... giving you that, um, female hysteria problem? <laughs> yeah. Jeez, they've told me that it's a part of my fibromyalgia, because fibro is a disease that more commonly appears in, uh, women than in, in men. Um, most chronic illnesses are like that, just because of the way the X chromosome works. Gotta love that but it, I've been told that my HRT has probably caused, like, my fibro, and that if I stop HRT, it would help my fibro. You know, which just isn't the case. When I actually upped my dose of estrogen, it actually made my pain and fatigue way better. Um, 
But yeah, no, fuck, fuck all of this, fuck all of this Pride Month shit, fuck all of this, like, performative going out on the streets and saying, oh, look, we're so gay, what you should be doing is being gay and doing crime. You know, going out there on the streets during Pride Month and having a years-long debate over whether we should have fucking kink at Pride or not. Have we decided that yet? No one has decided anything. I I personally, like, he's... Okay, I'll just get it out there. I want you to piss on me at Pride. I... I, I want you to piss on me in Pride too, but I, I also think I also think that like you know there's a the, like we should include minors in Pride, we should include sex repulsed people in Pride, but but, it's, it, but beyond the piss zone, we have a, we I, have yeah. an autonomous piss zone, <laughs> yeah, and we, we keep have, it, we keep the piss there with some sort of gutter system yeah. of some kind. Well, we either drainage. have queer like kink spaces or we kind of have a different day for that or whatever. But I think the entire point of Pride anyway is just segregating queer people into like one day of the week where they're allowed to express it, one day of the, like, the year where they're allowed to express themselves, or one week of the year. So what you you're know, saying is it should be Pride a, should be a twenty four seven event, bi monthly kind of thing. Like maybe two months of the year is what you're asking. No, for. what I'm asking for is that there for be to be no Pride Month because every fucking day should be pride day there should be every day you should be openly expressing your queerness and you should be fighting back against the society which is forcing you to conform into their idea of how you as a queer person should act it's fucking ridiculous and it causes so many queers to start like having these views over oh we can't let the cis we can't let the cishets see these people or the you know we can't Oh, we can't have ace people in the community, or we won't be taken seriously. We can't have these non-binary SJW dragonkin in the community, or us trans people won't be taken seriously. You know, we can't have people calling themselves bi-lesbians, or men are gonna think that lesbians want to fuck them. You know, all this sort so of stuff. So maybe what we is should like... do is have like, we've got a piss zone, kids zone, pride zone, mm. and then we'll have like a separate zone for all the people. Like the bi lesbians, the dragon, all the people yeah. uh, we're not supposed to like, we put them in a big uh, separate area and they can have their own pride on Tomba. <laughs> yeah, it's basically what's going on. This is, this I, is I, think, I think that would make everyone happy. You have a planet for the bi lesbians, yeah. a planet for the cis lesbians. Yeah, and there's there's light years between them so they can't communicate. And there's a moon yeah. that's like caught in like spatial orbit between the two, mm-hmm. locked, like geocentrically. Tidally locked? Or? Yeah, tidally yeah, yeah. locked. And that's got transmians on one half, some sort of Cthulhu nightmare kin on the other half in the dark side. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, I, I think like that plan. would... And also we sever all communications to prevent discourse breaking out, because but, but, that's but, important. Wouldn't that be colonization, which would... <laughs> the space well, flux discourse comes up once again. <laughs> well... Queer if, nationalism. If, if, if you're colonizing <laughs> them because the aliens on the planet are horny... And want you to come over so they can impregnate you. It's you really, kind of mutually beneficial. This this like alien impregnation kink is really coming through a lot what lately. You, <laughs> you really what get you it, ever since you picked up Stellaris again. <laughs> I played it twice. Uh, yeah, and you've been talking about like alien tentacle monsters yeah, impregnating you. Was, um, yeah, we're talking about Ovi posters the other day. Oh, nice! Hell to yeah! Get one of those toys with like the semi-hard eggs. That you I just don't like all yourself. the squelchy noises that they make. It's very like concerning we could watch like maybe get some like and and i'll be positive asmr while we watch the rest of the alien series oh yeah yeah that'd be awesome it's <laughs> <laughs> like every time someone talks about quarantine you put another egg up your butt yeah yeah exactly kind of like an obvious poster squelching game 
Nice. So yeah, as we're saying, like as we're saying, fuck, fuck Pride Month. <laughs> the other alternative is we don't do Pride because it's a global pandemic on and a uh, sort of uh, black liberation struggle happening, and maybe we should focus our efforts on that. Yeah. Like, or on the uh, complete obliteration of trans medical rights across multiple countries simultaneously. Mm-hmm. You know, that might be a better focus for everybody's time than it's, it's, it's not just trans rights that are being affected, though. I think, um, I don't know the extent of it, because the way the laws are, are in Poland and the UK and the US and stuff are all different. But you also got to keep in mind about the amount of people who now medical treatment is defined based on sex. Mm. And also it means that people have the right to discriminate based on gender. Now, what happens to intersex people? If they need to go to the doctor, mm. right? And someone sees them as, you know, like, visibly gender non-conforming or androgynous or different to how they expect them to be. And they treat them like this whole hysteria over trans people has just worsened the rights and the access of, like, intersex people to get healthcare. You know, what about people who have, like... It, it it's going to make it harder for gender non-conforming people as well who aren't intersex to just generally get help and acceptance from doctors. Because here's the thing, when you legally give people the right to discriminate, okay, you're letting them have this idea that they have a power over their patients and they're allowed to abuse it. Yeah, and right? cis people are going to be affected by this too. Yeah. And be like, kind of boo-hoo, I don't really give a fuck that much Be- they're not the intended target but they are going to be affected yeah. like people who trans rights are human rights people you know? who lesbian like that sort of stereotype lesbian look you know like butch or femme butch mm-hmm. you know like yeah, mum yeah. who gets mistaken <laughs> yeah. gets mistaken for a lesbian because of her short hair oh everyone thinks my mum's gay I thought my mum was gay <laughs> for the longest time <laughs> my mum is the most butch straight woman I have ever fucking met but um, but the, these laws allow yeah. people to discriminate thing is it's not it's discrimination it's done on prejudice it's done on yeah, assumptions it's, em- it's empowered so they're going yeah. to simply cis people will be targeted as well because people just assume that there's trans or something they've got something up with them I don't like yeah. it, it makes me uncomfortable because how they look and you're gonna get, well, I mean it'll be interesting to see if there's like fucking court cases where like cis people are treated like trans people yeah, and, doctor, and, and, yeah. Like the, and like the people getting in trouble is like well no now, if you'd done the same thing to a trans woman, you wouldn't be in this court today. However, however they turned out to have a vagina that they were born yeah. with it, and it, that However, is a crime. The other thing, not a crime. This is like we're yeah. gonna have again. That is gonna be debated where it's I, where it be legally stated. You have a right to discriminate against these people. Yeah, but not these. Not people. these people. Not these people. And we can't also, have discrimination against women. White, like cis. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, attractive. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But all but, the others. But gonna, all the others. You know, it's fine. Just, yeah. I, one thing I think we really need to bring up here is that. Um, in the medical community in general, um, when it comes to chronic illness and disability, there is a lot of discrimination. 
It's not just transphobia that's a problem. Uh, there's a huge amount of medical racism. Doctors are trained in how to recognize diseases and diagnose them only in white people. They are so many of them are told that black people don't feel pain the same way white people do and Which stuff like that. Which was a medical medical condition Dish- that was invented. Um, to explain, to sort of have a moralistic way to explain right. away oh, the slavery, ravages yeah. of slavery by saying, oh, no. They can't is... feel pain like normal or, people, or you know, like, like it's not. Well, in an, if you're doing this to a white person, it'll be bad. But you see the way they react to, to it, it's it. actually good for them. Yeah, know? yeah. Like it was, it comes from all of that. But like, there's, there's a lot of bigotry in general in the medical community. And that means that like, when you're like me and you need to go and see a specialist to get help, and there's only three specialists in your city. They're all expensive. It takes you four months to get in to see them, and you have a chronic illness that's getting worse and worse over time. You cannot afford to have a fucking racist or sexist or transferable whatever treating you. Who is and, also allowed to who, act based... Yeah. Like, not just subconsciously play those things out, but directly use it to fuck you with Yeah, you. like, we have to, you have to keep in mind, what's going on in the US is not just about getting access to HRT. It's about in healthcare in general. It's going to get a lot of people killed. Queer insurrection now, I I don't think there's any other way to really... Like, QIN. you should... Or if, you're, if you're in the US, learn how to shoot a gun if you can. You know, like, learn how to defend yourself. You're probably going to need it. Um, because, like, it's... There's no... It encompasses all aspects of society, you know? Like, this, like medical, medical bigotry is so extreme to begin with. That once you give people the legal right to go out and do what they were doing anyway, don't get me wrong, I have had that treatment from doctors before, where being trans, my transness is seen as, like, the cause of my chronic illness. It's seen as the cause of my mental illness. It's seen as... Uh, something that is making me worse by causing me to be more stressed, so I'm becoming hysteric, so I have to detransition. I've had doctors that just don't want to take me seriously and that don't think that I'm really in pain because they have the same, like, misogynistic ideas that women are more hysterical and express pain differently and stuff like that, or whatever, yada yada. That happens all the time anyway in medicine, but with trans women or non-binary AMAB people, and look, I don't know how it affects... I, I just do not know how it affects uh, AFAB people. I assume that they also deal with medical misogyny to, in a different way. But here, with me, it was so much worse than this, the way a cis woman would have been treated because I have pills that make me girly. So the pills are seen as the source of all of this and you can just take them away and then suddenly I'll be better. You know, they're, they're seen as the blame for it all and it's an easy excuse to not have to deal with actually treating the patient. And I, I'm really worried about like people overseas and how they're going to go, you know. Yeah, that is something I'm very concerned about because I know, I know if I had that threat looming over me, I, I wouldn't cut. Yeah, you know, and I can't imagine being able to live with that situation. Mm. And it, yeah, like there's really nothing to be said beyond it's a direct attack on people's human rights and dignity and access to healthcare and they're just gone full steam ahead of it in the UK they so they the Tories plan for what they're going to do with trans healthcare was leaked um, for years starting with Theresa May they've been working on this gender recognition act 
and I've been getting all this input. Um, that input was the medical, the sort of consultancy and evidence building. A lot of that was infiltrated by turf groups, so-called feminist groups, to put in like anti-trans shit. And the government has now claimed that that same process was actually hijacked by trans rights activists. By the trans lobby. The tran- the big trans lobby and their allies. Can you fucking imagine if we actually had, like, a trans lobby? How cool would that be? How and, fucking powerful would trans people be if there was a lobby? in a response, their new laws that they're crafting are to make it harder to um, be able to legally declare and change your gender, um, that you need two doctors' approval, while at the same time also going forward with a crackdown on doctors and medical practitioners to root out like so-called um, hippie or quack doctors. Basically, trying to force doctors out of the medical establishment who have been prescribing HRT. And beyond that, they've also uh, trying to put in a new law that will prevent local councils from making gender-neutral toilets. Lavatories. They're not allowed to set their own laws in general. They're federalizing all. all, um, So, like local councils in the UK, some of them were simply rebelling against all the turfery and saying, "Yeah, no, we're okay with trans people being in like the bathrooms and stuff." And the same has happened here. Yeah, yeah, same has happened here. So, but now what they're doing is these new laws will essentially make it so all of this shit has to be controlled federally from Parliament, and that they're going to basically be making it so that. And I, I kid you the fuck not, they literally only targeted trans women, from what I could tell. It was like they they completely just pretended that trans dudes and fucking non-binary people like it, it exist in the first place. They just pretended, no, well, they're not even there. You're not a, you're not a threat. Yeah, you're not a threat. Yeah, yeah. So, so it was all with about the bathroom laws. They specifically the only thing mentioned is trans women in women's bathrooms is not allowed. Well, they, didn't, they want to make they never said that. They want to make to be clear, they women said, safe spaces exactly. for cis women, people born with vaginas or whatever is there. So the language plan, you know, they yeah. use is specifically chosen so that like. Well-meaning liberals will read it and to say, "Oh, there's nothing wrong with that." Yeah, good. The Tories are standing up trying to protect women. That's important. What protect women means is, is protect cis turf women, not like is, yeah. Is prevent is laws that means that people with male genitalia cannot enter a women's restroom or any other women's space. Yeah, and not just restrooms. Yeah, like any space is meant for like women's. That means like women's homeless shelters. Yes, you know that means like Refugees women's prisons. Especially. That means all things that are meant are, like women only spaces. And now it completely trans exclusionary. Uh, maybe they're fucking afab trans inclusionary. I don't. I don't fucking know. They just left out fucking afab people. Well, they don't from... really care. It's they're, not. They're it's not yeah. what upsets you. They're very yeah, upset yeah. about being tricked into sleeping with a man. Yeah, but it's it's. But for some reason, it's interesting they... how their transphobia is like is two completely different kinds of transphobia to the point where they're just like something about trans women really riles up everyone from fucking J.K. Rowling to Boris Johnson. Yeah, I we're think... on the same political spectrum. I think there's this level of like when you have experienced male privilege and then you lose it. You realise how bullshit the concept is. And you realise how bullshit the social constructs of gender are. Because male privilege is really big. You know, like, it's it's a 
genuine privilege and you lose it and you suddenly realize oh this whole thing is fucking bullshit and it makes you more outspoken in a way that they don't like they don't like you to talk about um i mean all trans people have this experience like if you've transitioned you've you've seen quote unquote both sides of the fence if you're non-binary like me like it's not really like that, but also in terms of the way society sees you, it kind of is. In terms of perception. In terms of perception from others, yeah. But it, it means that you get a really good look into the heads of cis men and cis women to kind of understand what makes them tick. And you realise that... <laughs> it makes you realise that cis women feminism, like liberal feminism, is so, like, focused on anti-maleness and empowering women to do the same awful shit that men do to women. And in a, like, deterministic sense, where it's yeah. so much about uh, biological gender characteristics, about pussy power, and, you know, you don't like seeing pussies in power. It's all about vagina hats. And all it essentially means, though, is that, like, you see this movement where basically women are tearing down men and reinforcing the patriarchy by reinforcing the same gender stereotypes, the same expectations uh, placed upon men that lead men into toxic masculinity. The patriarchy is not just something that leads to men attacking women. It leads to men attacking themselves and creates an insular sort of like a, a feedback loop where men are sort of driven into this sort of like cycle of repression of their emotions um, and this sort of like strong man like masculine veneer that they all have to put on and perform and stuff and yeah like you you learn pretty quickly if you're trans that a lot of feminism these days has just sort of been corrupted into um into reinforcing not just the gender binary but reinforcing the patriarchy and it's essentially about giving women the same power over the world that men have over the world rather than eliminating that power in the first place and doing something about the core of the issue. And something about that... It, it makes you more of a threat because you've seen both sides of the fence. You're able to say, this is not what it's like. You have no idea. You've never been a man. You don't know what a man's going through. You know, you don't get to tell people you've never been a woman. You don't know what it's like for a woman to go through. You never experienced these things. I have seen both sides of the fence. Here's my story. That is terrifying... That is terrifying to cis white women liberal feminists. It's terrifying to guys as well, because it breaks all of their conceptions about the opposite sex. They su Suddenly, all of these things they've built up, that they think the en entire world revolves around these preset ideas about how people have to act. You know, that women are this way, men are that way, brown people this way, white people that way, so on and so on and so forth. You break that. You know, when you're trans, you, you you break those gender, like, norms and stereotypes that everyone has developed, and that scares people. And it, it fucking scares people. I don't know why trans women are targeted so much more. I think it's it's the idea that people have built up these mis these conceptions about what a man is, created this bubble of a patriarchy, created this idea that all men are inherently re uh, vile and offensive and repressive and just simply looking for, you know, to hurt women and stuff. They've built it up, they've created it, they've reinforced it, they have instilled their, their sons and their nephews and, you know, the, 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 the young men around them and boys around them into growing up like that. And so when they see someone coming out of that and showing clearly that it is all bullshit, it's terrifying. 
well, you, know, you know, I think ones that, like... Their like, whole worldview is built on it. You know, J.K. Rowling is a good example. Not that I want to really talk about her, but... Her whole deal seems to be... There's nothing about female empowerment or any other woman besides herself getting mm. access to the male institutes of power. Yeah. You know, like her entire... And if you read her essay, which I don't really recommend that you do unless you need further confirmation of what a big piece of shit she is and always has been. And also, if you're cis, I wouldn't recommend reading the essay because it's written in a way where it uses language that hides her transphobia to a cis person who is ignorant. I really, really, really need to make that clear. A lot of what she says in that essay is designed to not be picked up by cis people. It's designed to be uh, dog whistles to other, like, TERFs and to other feminists, and it is meant to hurt trans people by enforcing stereotypes of what a trans person has to be that cis people already naturally develop and build up because they're not trans themselves. Mm. So if you're listening and you're cis... Just keep that in mind if you see that essay. Like, yeah, it's yeah. really... Y'all you know, need to educate yourselves. I, and... I hate that. I hate that <laughs> line. Oh, gosh. And we ain't here to educate y'all. Please. Oh, <laughs> no. Gosh. Um, it's so wrong saying y'all with an Australian accent, but it feels so natural. But um, but with her essay, you know, which is like yeah. purely a coded DM to Graham Lynham. <laughs> yeah. But like from one, like from her fucking gigantic Scottish castle surrounded by razor fencing to his like sad uh, divorcee bachelor pad in Ireland. <laughs> but um, if you read that, it's very explicitly talking about how well you know. If I wanted to, I could have transitioned and got access to male power and not had to deal with misogyny. But you know, I'm not just some poser who all this kind of bullshit. Yeah, yeah. And it's purely about. Yeah, wanting the spoils of masculinity for her own benefit. I think it's also, like, that she, and not, like, Turfs in general, believe that... And this is why I think it might be why um, why trans women are targeted so much, is that they believe that, essentially, if you're a trans dude, you are trying to gain access to male privilege for yourself, to escape... Uh, like, you know, they see it as, a, as an escape from misogyny. Mm. You're, you know, that you're running away from it to try and empower yourself. And they, so they still see you as a woman, which is disgusting. And you're not. Trans guys are guys. I love you all. Now, with trans women, they see it as men trying to infiltrate, like, women's spaces. They see they see it as this sort of, like, why would you want to give up your privilege? Clearly, you're here because you want to abuse your privilege. Not that, you know, they cannot understand why somebody would give away all of that privilege. You know, there has to be some trick. There has to be some... There has to be something that you're you're up to. There has to be some, like... Uh, you're here for some suspicious act. Because they cannot understand why someone would not want to use and abuse that male privilege on other people. Because they want that for themselves. You know, they want that same privilege. They don't want to dismantle the patriarchy. They want to empower the matriarchy. You know. Yeah, they also want, like, femininity and masculinity to exist in perpetuity, these two distinct, separate, defined things. Yeah. Anything that builds outside of that, or mixes the two, beyond, like, a very superficial kind of, mm. like, um, I don't know, 
Scarlett Johansson wearing a nice suit suit in GQ and people being like, oh my god, she's so hot. Like, beyond, mm. if it's anything more transgressive than that, they get very upset and scared. Um, I don't know, I was just thinking, um, it's kind of funny that I feel like people, I, I always get people generally being nicer to me when they um, mistake me thinking that I'm like a trans man. <laughs> and they like a misgender, but they're always like, like super nice because you can tell it's like oh it's so it's, it's just so weird because it's like they're being nice to me because they're interpreting me as a woman not because they see that I'm a trans woman but because they think I'm a trans man and think oh that's really a woman so yeah. I'm gonna be nice it's such a weird I've had that before from doctors when I say no tra- it's always yeah. from doctors I, I actually I went to a plastic surgeon once um just for just some personal stuff that didn't have to do with SRS, and I just wanted to see whether I could get uh, some work done. And it was just for my body dysmorphia and stuff, and I'm sitting there explaining everything, and the surgeon is just like, now you got to be careful that you might get thrush and stuff like that, and, you know, like, in- infections and everything, and I'm like, you know I have a dick, right? Mm. Like, I said that to her face, and she just, like, broke in front of me. She knew I was trans that entire time she assumed that I was a trans dude. That entire time. And she was treating me like a woman. Yeah. Rather than treating me like a guy. And I was like, no, 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 honey. I have a penis. I was born with this penis. I have balls. I don't have... Yes. You know, like, I had that... to I had to sit there and tell her, like... I'm a tra- and immediately she treated me differently. Yeah. You know, immediately there was this level of like all of the sort of niceties and all of it, it just fell away. Yeah. You know, and it was it was really horrible because I can't I cannot imagine what that must be like to actually be a trans dude mm-hmm. in that situation. Well, it's you getting know. misgendered. We yeah, like as well. yeah, yeah, like that misgendering must be fucking awful. Um, but yeah, I've had the I've had that, and I don't know. I, I don't. It's. It's like it's always doctors with me, pretty much. Yeah. And I know the best interaction I had was when I was at the sexual health clinic getting a... Because um, I needed to have proof that I didn't have any STDs, stuff going yeah. on. Yeah. Um, and they they knew I was trans. <laughs> and they were just like, oh, there's one question. And she put her hand, like, whispered. She said, do you have a penis? <laughs> it's just like, uh, yes. Like, okay, I'll write that down. I don't know. They're never comfortable with it. I and mean, they they don't know how to. A lot of the time, they, they don't know how to ask if you've had SRS yeah. as well. Like, I find that that's just people just genuinely not knowing that they can just straight up ask, "Have you had SRS?" Because they think that they're going to be offensive if they do. Fucking liberal identity politics. Here it is again. Yeah. Fuck liberal identity politics. You can just say, "Do you have a dick?" You know, you can just say, "Have you had SRS?" I'd prefer if you just said, "If you had SRS," because that's probably going to be like more I have to people. To, I kind of feel just you know. talking about all this kind of uh, sort of looking down on you kind of misgendering mm. that like class plays into it in some extent because uh, like I've noticed doctors tend to always like unless unless it's pretty clear you know I've managed to, because it's hard when you're going to a doctor it's hard to get them if your legally name, if your legal name isn't the one that you're going by, if your legal name is your dead name, just mm. signing up, you know, putting down your details and everything, it's actually very hard for that information to get to the doctor without your dead name going on all the forms and none of the stuff indicating your preferred gender mm. going up. And so they tend to turn up and they're like, oh, 
Dead name, male name, yep, okay, to him like a guy, dressed weird, whatever. Sometimes they'll think a bit and go, oh, I think they want to be a woman. But I've noticed it's usually doctors. Hmm. <laughs> but I was thinking, you know who never misgenders me? I've literally, I can't remember a situation where I've been misgendered. Hmm. Is um, homeless people on the street. Same. Like, I've never been misgendered. I've never going up, been... Going up yeah. to them, giving them money and stuff. Like yeah. today at the supermarket, like I was telling you before, yeah, yeah. Sorry I ran into this really sad situation with elderly people waiting out in front of the supermarket um, begging for money mm. and like and my mother was like didn't aren't these people supposed to be in a hotel or something now yeah like, yeah didn't happen um yeah. but again like they mis they gendered me completely correctly and everything and it's like i people fucking when, not, when, not even on the bottom of the class scale just completely like dropped off yeah Com- well, the they're system. not even on the scale. Yeah, they don't exactly. even register by the system. They stop yeah. being treated as people by yeah. the system. Always, they're much more man- manage to recognize yeah. me as who I am. Yeah. than people who are in a position of power both mm. above me, and really don't actually have to consider me as a person at all. I'm just kind of inconvenience and a product for them to get paid or whatever. Yeah. I've I've had two very bizarre experiences where I massively expected misgendering and I didn't get it. And keep in mind, my pronouns are they, them. I get misgendered way more than, like, a binary person would because so many people just can't wrap their heads around they, them, you know? Like, fuck, lucky I don't have Neo pronouns or it would have been even worse. But, like, I lived in a, a very, very poor city, uh, like a part of a part of Melbourne that was... Everyone was on the dole. Everyone was on welfare. You know, no one could afford rent and, and bills and food. Everyone was relying on charities to get by. And I went into a, a mental institution. It was a, a low-risk facility, so not at, like, a, a psych ward. It was a, as a place where there was a communal kitchen. There were knives. So there was no... It was for people that were needed... We don't even have those. Yeah, it was for people that needed to get away, but weren't a risk to themselves or others. Everyone there was cis, and everyone there was just sort of. This is this really confronted my my like inner classism and my like internalized classism because everyone there was what you would consider a bargain, bargain. in Australia, a bargain, you know, or like the Australian equivalent to a redneck, but not really. It doesn't really translate kind properly. Like, but with like suburban suburban like kind of stuff. Yeah, imagine if, well. if rednecks were also suburban, you know, or like trailer park. Trailer park, yeah, yeah. It's it's so like poor, basically just poor people that are very nationalist, um, is the sort of culture. And there was also a couple of people like wog people. So, but that's uh, Mediterranean Australian, like Mediterranean European, so like Italian, Greek, Maltese stuff like that. Progesterone, progesterone, <laughs> um, and. I I hit that I was trans. I tried to pass the whole way. I was like, I tried to go stealth. And when it eventually got out to everyone at the facility, no one gave a shit. No one gave the slightest fucking shit. They were like, oh, that's cool. Because every single one of them had been in and out of psych wards. So they had seen like other trans patients and had seen like other people going through shit and was able to empathize with them. But they'd also just been through shit. They knew what it was like to be treated like shit by society. So they weren't so judgmental, which is weird because you get, you know, you do get a lot of people who are sucked into the sort of like nationalist, bigoted rhetoric that is aimed towards poor people from the capitalist class. They always try and divide you, you know, they try and make you racist, they try and make you sexist, so on and so forth, so that you can't organize. 
you find people that like fall into that, but I find so much of the time it's the poorest people who are the people that misgender me the least. The other times when I expected to be misgendered was when I went to hospital. Multiple times I went to hospital in that same city, very, very poor part of Melbourne. None of the staff ever misgendered me. And it's not because Australian medical care isn't transphobic or anything, it's because they, they'd seen it all. Like, all of those nurses, they had, they had seen everything, you know? They have so many patients. doesn't matter what sort of patient you are. You know, if someone's coming in, they need help, they need help. So they didn't give a shit that I was non-binary. You know, they were cool with that. Like, other patients at the hospitals, they were cool with that. You know, it's when I step into, like, liberal middle-class society, when I start having to go shopping in public, when I start having to go to a doctor, when I start meeting people who earn over, like, $20,000 a year, is when I start getting worried about getting misgendered, and when I start getting worried about, like, passing and stuff like that, because they care about it. They have these notions about how someone has to act, and if they don't act that way, they're a bit degenerate, and they don't fit into society. We need to deal with them somehow. You know, they have this notion of, like, these are the good people, these are the... The, uh, the, the sensible and mature and, and peaceful and pacified and docile civilized people. And here's all of the people that we don't like, that need to go to jail, that we need to kill, that we need to push out of sight by gentrifying the neighborhood, so on and so forth. Yeah, that's what I don't like all you those... Know. No, I've heard it. I've heard it all. You know, I don't like those blue-haired people and the big fat lesbians and all the different... Mm. Looking down your nose at people who aren't conforming the yeah. right way. They're not playing the game. They're oh, not there is, there trying is to look right. Crime-loving anarchists. We can't have them in society. Crime children. Crime children. Yeah, but it's it's this idea that like there are people who are the good people who are in and a part of the, the, the good society. And then you have the people that they don't fit into society. I mean, here in Australia, we get a lot of white people who don't think they're racist, but who also kind of like the idea that Aboriginal people mainly live on the other side of the continent to Melbourne. You know? Like, they're sort of, they're happy with the idea that most of the sort of police shootings that you hear about, like, you know, cops killing Indigenous people happen in, in Perth. Or the NT. Or you know, they, you know, yeah, Perth or Kalgoorlie or Broome or somewhere over there or Darwin. And they like the idea that, oh, we're in peaceful white suburbia, you know, there's no racism here. And they kind of, like, in the end, what they're doing is distancing themselves from responsibility through that police brutality that's going on in the same fucking country that we're in. Because they see it as something that... Whereas, what what, there is, what they actually do, though, is erase the existence of indigenous people here in the state of Victoria. Is they pretend that they don't exist because they think that this is all happening in some faraway magic place. They like the idea of you know, the people that don't quite fit into society, they, they don't live here where I am. But indigenous people are fucking everywhere. You know, there's so many. It, like, the thing is, is that the stolen generation just led to so many people not even knowing that they were indigenous until later on in their life. Um, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of erasure that goes on, you know, they like to just pretend that it doesn't happen here, and, you know, yeah. They also, like, go to an effort to hide things, like in, like in Abbotsford, Mm. um, where there is a strange, like, it's a very affluent area in some ways, a very nice school and stuff. It's also got the highest amount of public housing in, uh, Yeah, it's very, it's very economically split between... A sort of smaller group of very affluent people and a wider group of very, mm. very poor people and a big homeless to be population. Clear, this is in the inner Melbourne, so it's one of the the suburbs that's close to the city centre. It's it's like um, fifteen minutes, like ten minutes by tram from the middle of the city. 
Yeah, yeah. So it has those of rich, like, inner-city people. I mean, other the demographics are different in other countries. I think the US doesn't have as many rich people in a city, but Australia does. It's weird. It's not also. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, no, it's very split between very, very poor people and very, very rich people. And so you have this problem that they have. Well, they want to exist, and yes, it's very nice, like, gated community kind of liberal existence. However, you also want, like, the kind of Melbourne street side, like, kind of urban environment and, like, the nice big shopping strip down the middle of a high street. You know? All of the lovely street art. That, yeah, all yeah. of that kind of grunge aesthetic. Yeah. And so with that, you also have a big homeless population. There's a big population of um, users of drugs and stuff and dealing on the street. Yes, and, and so... half of that is there, there was a, a safe injection exactly, clinic. Exactly, that's what I'm getting to. So, yeah, so with the yeah. safe injection clinic, they opened... Which is great because it's amazing. I've, like I've, you know, I've worked there a lot. You know, like I know what it's like, and yeah, you should have those facilities. Not at the clinic, to be clear. No, I mean in the, in the area, in the yeah. suburb. You know, yeah. I spent a lot of time there, and yeah, that's a fucking. Those people are there, and they need that service. Yeah, it should be there. It, however, it, it prevents so many overdoses. It really however, they built it too close to the primary school, according to the. It's just a little bit too close to the children, and, and so then suddenly them. the place is covered. Mm-hmm. And these posters of like a terrified, traumatized child, and the caption being like, "They can't unsee what they just saw." Close the injection clinic. Yeah, and it became this huge campaign there <laughs> to close. And the so- campaign is now led by a socialist, by the way, Stephen Jolly. He's a total piece of shit. He doesn't deserve to call himself a socialist. Isn't he like the head of the Victorian Socialist? Yeah, party? he's also accused of. No, he was the head of. He was a, a prominent member in. Socialist Alliance, I think. I don't quite remember, but he um, he campaigned for the safe injection clinic, but then when the liberals in Abbotsford decided that, oh, we can't have the children around this, he turned around and he started campaigning against it for the safety of the children and stuff. Uh, so he's, he's a total piece of shit. He's they like, also closed the center link there. Yeah, well, the air, the... it's in the process of closing. It's got like another month or two. So they announced it's going yeah. to close immediately and there's such it's an outcry. Center link is the welfare offices to be, to re... that's the name of the agency that handles all welfare. So people go there when they have a problem with their welfare or when they're applying for something or yada yada yada. So, so obviously in a yeah. neighborhood of such a high like wealth disparity, mm. it's a pretty essential service. Mm. And so it is this kind of forced gentrification where They've sort of created the kind of environment they like now. It looks just right. They've had just the right level of kind of grunge and sort of seediness. But now they've kind of peeled that back a bit and it's just got that nice, like, you know, bluestone-like no, graffiti exterior. Melbourne really has much grunge. Melbourne's grunge aesthetic is entirely built by liberals who well, want exactly. to That's appropriate what I mean. that aesthetic. That's what I mean. But there was never really much of a huge movement of, like, street art in Melbourne. Yes, it's more a movement was. of commissioned street art. You know, it's a movement of, like, that we have the acceptable street art, and then we have the unacceptable degenerate street art. And it's a lot of, it's it's very classist. It's incredibly fucking classist. Yeah. It didn't, when I was in the street art scene, like, Mm. ten years ago, it was still like that, but much less. Yeah, it's getting worse every time. It became gentrified. It became, I mean, street art, like, 15 years ago, like, became a moneymaker. Like, of Banksy, like, it became another spot to grift. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, like, they've got it just right, and so now all they have to do is just kick out all the poor people. Mm, mm. So yeah, they close the centre, like, they try and get rid of the safe injection room. They're trying to force all of these people who were there before them. Yeah, to be clear, the there's public housing there. Those people 
aren't going anywhere. It's the only place well, they can have that yeah, housing. Yeah, wait, wait until, so, wait until they yeah, fucking wait, drive that out. Exactly, but what they're essentially doing isn't forcing people out, it's making it so that you can't see them and they're invisible. Those same drug addicts are still going to be in the area, except they're going to be overdosing and going to hospital rather than coming in and out of the safe injection clinic. So they're not going to be near the schools, but they're still going to be there. But you also, know, they're also... The same as... But, the, like, uh, the... Um, the closing of the Centrelink as well. It doesn't actually do anything other than make the people who live in the area have to travel further to other Centrelink offices and be lumped with even longer wait times to see a staff member. But those people are still living there. They're still poor. They're still in the community. But essentially what these liberals are doing is trying to erase their existence by making it so that you can be poor, just not in my, not in my sight. Also, the thing is, it's not going to work. I don't want to see you being poor. Because, you know, I'm there, and it's like, people are still shooting up in the street. Yeah. People are still dealing on, like, in front of, like, at the tram stop. Like, it doesn't matter. These people are there, and you you have to approach it in a way that isn't just denying them every basic service they need for help. It's to make it like a livable place for them. And instead, they're trying to make it unlivable, that all the amenities that... You know, these, Mm. like, waspy suburban people aren't going to use, like, the injection room and stuff are removed to try and make it as an unhospitable place. Mm. And hopefully they'll move them, you know, that's what they want, is to move them to a now less expensive suburb and make the property values rise. The the, the less expensive suburbs, by the way, in Melbourne, um, I don't know if you've ever looked it up on Google Maps, Melbourne's fucking huge, absolutely fucking huge. It's got one of the biggest, like, suburban sprawls. It's, like, straight out of the USA, like, how much there's just been like entire new like regions of suburbs built by developers and then they have to desperately try and build a train line to reach out there because they just didn't plan any of it right it's just people buy buying up what used to be massive swaths of farmland and turning it into like gated suburbia you know, we, that, you we know, live like what half an hour out of the city this used to be farmland and industrial warehousing zones yeah like, and now it's in a city yeah. you know like it's so melbourne if if you want to go to a cheaper part of Melbourne, you have to go to somewhere on the edge of that urban sprawl, which means you have a higher commute time. Um, it means that you have less access to basic services. You're probably living in a food desert, like so on and so forth. You know, there's it's shitty. Um, it's really, really shitty because everything around Melbourne is built around getting to the centre of the city. You and know, also like everything, everything that is... you have to rely on. Yeah, there's no local sub- community... substandard sol- services. Yeah. There's... You have to go to, like, the... To, like, the government-subsidized budget version of everything, which is going to, like, lower your standards of living. Like, everything... Mm. You're not... The level of, like, funding in your area and all these kinds of things, you know, it's about... It really does create this very stratified system. Do do you remember when Werribee used to be, like, a town? Yeah. And not just, like, a suburb? (laughs) You know? when When it... When, like, going to Werribee was, like, you had to hop on a V-line and, like, it was just, like, a really long trip to go to this magic land that had this it has a really cool zoo an open range zoo and you know it used to be and now it's just like it's just subsumed by the sprawl it's just sort of like become part of the landscape of the city i, mean, I people, can't believe people I, like... live in geelong and commute to work in Melbourne. <laughs> yeah like geelong is a is another city right it's got what like 30 to sixty thousand people in it it's a small city but it's a it's a city nonetheless um, Australia. I, mean, I, used, I used to live in Melbourne. I mean, I lived in Melbourne and commuted to, to Geelong for work. So I guess. Yeah, but now it's it's basically just a part of the greater Melbourne metropolitan area, which is fucking huge. Yeah. Um, 
And like at, at the this all comes at the cost of environmental destruction as well. Um, where it, where I grew up used to be swampland. Um, you know, there used to be giant amounts of swampland, and it just got built over, kind of like in Florida, where they're just sort of destroying it. You know, like there used to be wetlands, there used to be so much more biodiversity, and it's all just been destroyed because first there were farms that came in and just made like open pastures and stuff like that. You know, raising sheep and cattle. And then the, the farms are destroyed and they just put concrete over everything and it's just fucked everything up. They paved over heaven and built a parking lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, as an anti-civilization individualist anarchist, I highly suggest while you're out there riding, everyone, please just, like, turn parking lots into autonomous zones. Fuck cars. Fuck parking lots. Fuck them. They shouldn't exist. Rip them up. Rip up the concrete. Put some grass everywhere. Fuck it all. Yeah, if I was building yeah. a city like in a city builder, mm. I'd build it so you don't have to drive anywhere, and everything you need is always in walking distance. Yeah, it's how it should be. It's how it fucking should... It's like, there are plenty of cities where that is actually a thing. I mean, that's how people used to live, is never left your village. Yeah. But your village also had everything you needed for your entire life. Yeah, basically. <laughs> so... You didn't really need to go over to anywhere else. Even you... even here, though, like in the small towns, I mean, I haven't lived in a small town here, but it seems as if... Um, liberalization has come to small town Australia, and there's just these like hub towns that'll have brands like Kmart and Target mm, yeah. and Woolworths and stuff. And everyone now has to leave their small tiny town and drive really far to go to like the bigger towns to get their basic necessities and stuff. And yeah, there's not really any like the communal development in the country in general. I'm assuming this happens all over the world, but it's not even. You know, it's really, really not even. You have so many towns that are just left to rot up and dry as people kind of, like, congregate into these bigger and bigger, like, yeah. areas and I haven't stuff. been on a lot of country road trips with my family. I can't say there are still a lot of yeah. general stores. We're both, and... we're both suburbanites. We're not, we're not rural people. Just to <laughs> no. make it clear, like, we are not, you know. We're city mice. Yeah, we're city mice. We're, we're urban gorillas, not... <laughs> <laughs> Urban gorillas, you don't do any gorilla activity or yeah. insurgency. Yeah, yeah. Are you listening, ACO? I don't do any illegal activity. I'm actually too sick to, anyway. And both of us are. You're saying that like it's It not sucks. True. <laughs> it sucks being sick. I wish I could actually be, like... See, half the reason why you I'm... You wish pod- you could be the leader of the Antifa organization. <laughs> half the reason why I'm podcasting and not out on the streets right now, like, doing practice, is because I'm in a shitload of pain and I can't move. That's most of the reason. Yeah, like, you know, like, I would be, you know, my praxis would involve a lot of shit that I just can't do it, so I have to kind of resort to, you know, trying to... Climb on the soapbox. Yeah, you know, try and get that clout on Twitter and, you know, influence social movements, but I I highly believe that, like, you gotta get radical and you gotta get out there. Yeah, action is the only way, and those who can't do action... I kind of just have to grasp at straws to I know think, what to well, do. I think that the fact that we can't do action actually makes us better suited to sitting here doing a podcast rather than someone who could be doing action but is instead podcasting and is instead, like, grifting and preaching. Yeah. You know, like, I don't, I don't want to put myself on a pedestal, but I think that the fact that I am literally incapable of going out IRL and doing a lot of organizing, like, I, we're both high risk when we catch COVID-19, so... Haley's basically immunocompromised, so, like, I kind of gotta, like, be super careful. I can't even do, like, union organizing in person anymore. Um, and, like, 
I think that we're better placed for it because yeah. it also gives us a better perspective. I think. Well, well like there's people in World War Two yeah. who, like you know, like Glenn Miller or you know, like the people who would go were in the war but just kind of entertained people. Or, like, did some nice art for posters and, like, you know... I mean, yeah, like, we're like, doing we're, what we're, we can, we're, we're not going to do keeping the... Keeping up the morale of the yeah. troops, you know. We're not, we're not gun trans, we're podcast trans. I mean, I would be a gun train if it didn't... If I didn't need a fucking 150 kilogram safe to own a gun here, and if they didn't mean that the police had to keep coming into my house constantly to check on it. Uh, yeah, I don't like this. I don't, yeah, no, the gun was... We, we could turn the spare room... Just get, like, one of those big safe doors and replace the door to the spare room with it, and then it's basically a big enough safe. Yeah, but cops have to come in and check. It's, like, twice a year, I think. It depends on the weapon that you own. But they have to do that even with swords here. You can't get... Yeah, with any weapon, it's so bad. You can't even have pepper spray here. Like, what the fuck am I going to do if I get jumped by someone when I'm walking home at night? I have no way of defending myself. I can't even legally buy a knife. Well, basically, after the... I mean, they've had an ongoing spate of women being murdered trying to get home at night. Oh, yeah, that's huge here, by the way. There's a shitload of um, fucking femicide going on the in Australia. Reason, yeah. I think the only reason, really... There's no we... way for women to defend themselves. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, the reason we... this hasn't been a big scandal over one happening recently, like the last couple of months, is everyone's inside. Yeah, everyone's inside, yeah. But otherwise, I'm sure we would have been to, like, three separate... Oh, there was a few domestic violence... You all mean domestic You know, violence. like, cases that became public and big mm. since the lockdown, I think, but not, like... But, but the... But, yeah. like, the vigils that I, I know, I've been to for women murdered in public has been an ongoing thing. Mm. Um, it's a huge problem in Melbourne, especially. And basically every time it happens, I mean, in one case, there were... Like, every time it happens, they put out what they say, well, you know, have your phone on you. Be on your phone. If you're on your phone, no one's going to murder you. And then, of course, that exact thing happened while a woman was on FaceTime. Yeah. Um, they, and then, it, basically, it's just come down to, well, don't be a woman alone outside. Yeah. Basically comes down to what the official recommendation is, which isn't very encouraging. No, it, they're not really, you know, I think this is a thing that, it, you can't get a taser here either, right? There's no, like, easy way to defend yourself in Australia. way that the city is built, it's not very well lit anywhere. No. Um, it's not very, sort of, because the, the whole... Because all of the communities are not self-sufficient, it means that you're constantly travelling in Melbourne, you know? You're always going in and out of the city, a one or two hour commute, so on and so forth. There's not a lot of, like, everything being near where you live. And getting home is a long, dark walk through, you know, like... open in your area. Like, you're always having to go to another suburb where the thing is open. Yeah. You're always going to Smith Street and Brunswick Street. Yeah, which leads to a lot of people in situations where they're alone at night and they don't have a choice. Look, I've done that. I've, you know, I've done that. Alone, walk in the dark, coming home after the you know Friday night out mm. down the down the road. So so many times. Um, surprisingly, I've never been. That's one situation I've not been assaulted in. <laughs> Let's keep it that way. I mean, I can't go. Yeah. Out, I'm not allowed to go outside. So <laughs> you're allowed to go outside, honey. But it's just that. But we might... can't catch COVID nineteen, or we're fucked. Yeah, yeah, that's why I'm not allowed to go outside. <laughs> you can leave. You can leave the house. It's just people that are like scary right now. There's a yeah. lot of people outside the house. Yeah, 
you know, it's... <sighs> it's scary. Yeah. I'm gonna have to get, have a little bit of a break, because I really need to piss. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, it's okay. Thank you.